Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. The Google one. All right. We are live. Wow. Oh, I don't know how to change that. Hmm. Anyway, we're live. Hey, folks. Howdy. Good morning. It's the one and only V the Gorilla Economist, the notorious glorious one, with my main man, CJ. And we're giving you the news, the views, and all the information important to you. Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Real Rogue News. And every single podcasting app known to humanity, we're still known as Rogue Money. So uh, if you haven't found us at Rogue News on, a, on your pack, podcast, just type in Rogue Money, and we are there. We are everybody you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. Also, check out our sponsors, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com. If you're into the CBD, you want to take it, but the harshness of the oil makes you want to choke, makes you want to gag. Well, check out mycbdedibles.com. We infuse 99.99% pure CBD isolate into coffee, chocolate peanut butter buckeyes, granola bars, delicious chocolate pecan uh, almond truffles, and all sorts of other deliciousness. Mycbdedibles.com. <clears throat> and check out the crypto school. You want to learn about cryptocurrencies? Or perhaps you already know about cryptocurrencies. You want to learn how to trade and make money. Uh, before you get that job at the Macy's perfume counter, go to thecryptoschool.io and sign up for either the video education series or the trading room. And they, that is the place to be to make a fortune for yourself and change your life. It's amazing. These guys have returned over 1,800% on their profits, on their returns. Total, truly amazing work. Cowboy and Z are just doing a killer job over there. And last but not least, folks, um, remaincalm.net, remaincalm.net. If you have any collections issues, debt issues, you're afraid of the boogeyman knocking down on your door, waving the 4-4, four -four, they're going to hold your child hostage as ransom until you pay your credit card bills. Well, before you freak out, you need to remain calm. Remaincalm.net and let these guys kick the collectors in the nuts. Remaincalm.net. With that out of the way, we have a special guest today. He's a guy that uh, I love this guy. He's amazing. A uh, great personality, uh, someone who's truly "quote unquote" woke, and has a has his finger to the pulse of what's going on in Eurasia. Most importantly, in the epicenter of the choke point, or the lever, as uh, the deceased and uh, rest in pieces, uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski would once said in his grand chessboard, one of the choke points of global control, the Ukraine. We have with us a fellow alphabetarian. Who simply goes by the name of M. M. M is good. I like M. M. Здравствуйте, yes. Здравствуйте, CJ. Yes. Hello. Yes. 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 And yes. I don't want to discriminate all over Ukrainian speakers. I will say, привет to the Ukraine or to the Russians in Dakwiu. Em, it's great. It's great to have you, my man. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we've talked many times before, uh, dude. You're just an awesome dude, man. And you, you were there, bro. You were on the ground, and it's important that people hear your story, how you got there, 
what happened during the Maidan, where we are, who are the players, because people tend to overshadow how important of an event it was uh, in the Ukraine and how it, it, it continues to be a, a pivot point and a, and a place of conflict. I think people often miss that as uh, Syria has been recently grabbing a lot of the headlines lately. So we wanted to bring uh, Ukraine back in focus. So, Em, I'm, I'm glad that you're here, my man. I'm giving you the floor. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. So, first of all, I'd like to, uh, like to say I'm a avid listener. You guys do a great job. And Thank you, sir. Appreciate all that good stuff. A um, little background on me. I, I'll fast forward a little bit from my background, so we'll, we'll give you the short version to a long story. I came to Ukraine in the end of 2013 for some uh, personal reasons, and <clears throat> I was living in the eastern eastern part of the country. Um, born as an American, didn't speak any Ukrainian Russian, so I kind of had to figure it out. Uh, anyway, was in the Donbass region, Donbass region. So it's Donetsk is the city. It was the basically the capital of that region. Yeah, kind of like you know capitals of each state in America. Well, um, found myself embroiled in a uh, quote unquote civil war. So we're living in the Dunbass region. Um, you know, it's January winter time and uh, the current, the president then was uh, Viktor Yanukovych and he actually had set. Now, first of all, I'm gonna say that per capita in Ukraine, there are more billionaires than there are in the United States. This country is very wealthy with resources and people just got to understand that they think of America as being corrupt and having shady people. Well, if you weren't a native American, everybody came from somewhere East most likely and they developed and perfected corruption in Europe. So I am, in, in, you think about it. I mean, all the people are like, oh, yeah, New York, these guys are corrupt. Europeans perfected corruption yes. before they even went to the new land. <laughs> so the fact that there's more billionaires per capita in Ukraine just shows the fact that these guys have perfected the corruption. Mm. But uh, Yanukovych is no saint, but he had uh, – done some things with the European Union at the time to try and integrate Ukraine into the European Europe, Europe, the Euro, um, part of the Trade Commission, things like that. So I remember it being in like October of that year, his prime minister, and I don't remember the guy's name, but he went to, I believe, Brussels or France, and they were going to sign, they were going to sign the integration agreement with the European Union. And literally at this meeting, one of the deals was they were going to get a, a loan from the IMF. And at the last second, the IMF did some dirty deal and said, look, if you want this loan, you need to increase your gas taxes by a few hundred percent. You need to lower the pensioners. Pensioners would be the equivalent to people on Social Security in the United States. You need to lower their payment. Be and what they were doing is they wanted to charge a higher interest rate. The reason why they wanted to do that is because they needed to further bankrupt Ukraine. And Yanukovych, his prime minister, said, no, this is a horrible deal. 
So basically, he came back to Ukraine, I believe it was in October or November, without a deal signed. And that was the beginning. It wasn't the beginning of the end or the middle of the end. I would call that the beginning of the end of the end. So what happened was Russia immediately stepped in. President Putin said, you know what we'll do? We'll give you guys a loan. I think it was like at 3%. It was for like... Oh, a few billion. Yeah, it was much less than it was like around three percent. It was uh for a lot less than what the IMF was offering. <laughs> yeah, because IMF jacked it up, and they wanted like ten percent, and they wanted all these, um, all these, you know, uh, nails to be not nails, but uh, they wanted all these other things to happen because that would kind of guarantee them paying it off. Because I mean, look, the reality of it is everybody uses cash over here. Because people still don't pay taxes. It's it's tough to collect taxes. Now, it's actually much more westernized today than it was four years ago. But when Putin extended that loan offer, the government actually took it. And they were given, I believe, $2 billion in a first loan, like a tranche. And people had a hissy fit, a shit fit. Um, excuse my French, but one thing I need to preface myself by saying is I take offense to only one thing in this world. And if that is you get offended by me offending you, I don't pull punches. I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I'm not anything. I speak the truth. I call it as I see it. If you don't like it, you can take a long walk off a short plank. So I may offend some people on this interview, but it's not because I'm anything that the liberals or whoever want to label me. I'm just a straight shooter because life is too short to pussyfoot around and just try to make everybody feel happy. Amen. So getting back to, since I've now cleared the deck for me to just speak from my heart, um, as soon as that happened, the over the Maidan, the, from my recollection, I'm, I'm watching all this stuff off of TV, because remember, I'm in the eastern part of the country. And that's when all the young people, the 20-year-olds, go out and start protesting on Maidan. Now, fast forward a couple of weeks. Um, the Yanukovych didn't handle it well, first of all. He should have just done like they would have done in the United States, come round them up and throw them in jail. That's not how they've noticed they do it in Europe. Over here, it's weird. They actually let people protest, and then they bring out water cannons and things like that. In the United States, it's like we're supposed to be – and don't get me wrong. I'm not an anti-American. I'm not an anti-United States. I just see it for how it is. It's like in the U.S., they just don't screw around. You want to protest? You're just going to jail. It's like <laughs> – I'm just amazed at the freedoms yeah. these people have over here that they don't realize that they have. So anyway, the people start overthrowing the government. Then they say, we can't take this loan from um, Russia. Coincidentally, they never paid back the $2 billion. Right now, what they're saying is that that was a gift. <laughs> and it's actually, there's a suit in the world court, I believe, and they're disputing this $2 billion Russia is. <laughs> Hey, you're absolutely right. And the funniest thing is the, the bloody city of London helped uh, write some of the underwriting on that. <laughs> Who did? Some of the banks that were involved in the city of London. They helped to underwrite oh. some of that stuff for the Russians. It was, it was actually legal language that was used using the format directly from the city of London. <laughs> well, and here's, what, here's what's so interesting. Russia is on a course to be integrated into the European Union. It's... It's filed its documents. It's like just never talked about. So for, 
that's a whole different topic and story for a different crazy day. Uh, maybe Jim Willie can talk about it. I like when he says that I'm feeling strange, V. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, so the government kind of gets all goes pear shaped and then they say, okay, we're going to go back and take the IMF loan. In IMF, I think the loan interest rate was like 18%. So basically, they took a usurious loan because the powers that be wanted them to. So people ask me all the time, Scott, who won this war in Ukraine? And I always look at them and I say, everyone but the people of Ukraine. And they like, huh? And I go, you got to realize something. When I first when when I first came there, the Grivna was eight to one. Local currency is called the Grivna. Now it's twenty eight to one. Uh, inflation didn't inflation in the prices didn't take it took about a year to hit but i mean a, a coca-cola used to cost me um two grievna now it's 10. so wow. yeah so i mean fast forward i get caught the revolution happens now the big thing the huge thing that happened in this country was uh people always say did you see russian soldiers and i can never saw russian soldiers what i saw was Russian trained soldiers who just weren't wearing the Russian flag on their lapel or their shoulder. But ironically, I also saw American speakers who had guns and were dressed in black Kevlar. Uh, I'm assuming they were probably part of the deep state or Blackwater or something like that. But they didn't have American flags, but I guarantee you they were trained in the West. So this was a classic place of a proxy war. And um, it basically, they were able to really divide it over the language. The language is the big thing. Because here's the thing. In Western Ukraine is where the majority of people who speak Ukrainian are. There's only about 22 million of them in the world. Eastern part of the country, the, even in Kiev, the majority of them speak Russian because they're ethnically Russian. So, right. and you know this, that the way that you divide and conquer is over religion or language or race. So... Um, the, the majority of the population in Ukraine, I'd say 98% of them are white. So you can't use race and the majority of them are either Catholic or Orthodox. You can't use religion. So what do these guys use? They use the language, huge dividing barrier. Um, so anyway, I actually got caught in that Eastern city behind the enemy lines because the lines the, the, I actually get caught behind the enemy lines of where the people's, I believe they called it the Donetsk People's Republic military. So the only way I could get out, I actually had to make a fake passport to get out and use a local Ukrainian's passport. And I superimposed my picture over it. And the reason why I had to do that is because we had heard, I actually contacted the embassy. And the embassy told me point blank, you're on your own. Okay. I still have wow. this in email. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was a joke because I knew from previous dealings with the embassy that they not only had a jet here, they have a helicopter here and they could, there was an airfield in the town I was living in. They could easily came and got me and two other Americans, but whatever. Uh, obviously I, that's the time when I realized that daddy doesn't really care about his children. If you aren't making a, if you're not beneficial for them, you're, you're, you're basically a useless eager in their mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so 
So I created this document and because um, people were getting taken for ransom. Foreigners were getting taken for ransom. Now, European countries, they pay ransoms for their citizens. America doesn't. So I knew that if I didn't get out, if I couldn't get out one way or the other, and that if, if the city never got retaken by the Ukrainian army, I probably would have gotten captured and I would have either been thought of as a spy because I'm young enough or just a complete idiot who is in the wrong place at the wrong time, which I was the latter. But knowing what was going on, um, I, I chanced it and I was actually able to make this fake passport and it worked. I was able to get back to Kiev and then consequently about three months later back to the United States. Ironically, and I just want to digress quickly. I had contacted my local represent senator in the state from in America where I'm from, and he was running for re-election, and he was able to actually get some people out of eastern Ukraine who were not American citizens by pulling some strings. Well, when I contacted him, my family did, they said, ah, I'm sorry. We've, all, we've used up all of our political capital. They said that. What that meant was, we've already got our good story for the newspaper. We don't need to do any more. Mind you, the people that got rescued were not even Americans. So then I contacted my other senator who was not up for re-election. And ironically, she is right now still sitting in the United States. And actually, she uh, she was trying to disrupt. I'll, I'll give some breadcrumbs too. She was trying to disrupt the... Supreme Court justice hearing yesterday. So you guys can figure this out. And the other guy no longer is around anymore because he's back at Saturday Night Live crying with babies. <laughs> but her cat, her office said, we can't help you out. We're not up for re-election. So God, that being said, you know, it must feel good. You know, it's funny, bro. I mean, when I whenever I travel to Central Central America or whatnot. One of the common things is, hey, V, if you're ever being followed, you feel like you're about to get kidnapped, just uh, take out your phone and pretend to be talking Russian into your phone. They'll leave you alone. And damn it, it's true. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's an attitude there that, you know, that if you're Russian or you're speaking Russian, they, they're not going to mess with you. But if you advertise you're no. American, you're going to get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I look like most Ukrainians. I have blonde hair or I have blue eyes look like I'm Russian and I can speak enough Russian to get myself in trouble. So I was left alone. If I would have been black or if I would have been Asian or something like that, same, same situation, you just stick out with a sore thumb. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I was able to get back and now we come back every once in a while and, um, we're here now. We'll be leaving in a little bit, but you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing the government. I'm not poo-pooing the people or anything like that because, you know, governments are just corporations and they're trying to do business on the world stage. And I understand what they're doing, but the, the way that they've been doing it ever since um, they tried to kill Reagan and got when he got him out of office. At least in my opinion is they're just doing it however they want. It's almost exactly. like they won't. You know, it's like there's there's no mon honor among thieves anymore. And before they had, it seemed like they had this code of ethics. We're like, you know what? We're gonna screw you, but we're gonna at least let you live and smile while we're screwing you. Now it's like we're gonna screw you, and we're gonna probably kill you. 
So I mean, economically or spiritually or however you mean. Now, with all that being said, times have changed because now these people are realizing that <laughs> there's a new sheriff in town in Washington. And I can firmly see how this state is a proxy of the deep state. Now, when you were talking in the beginning about Brzezinski and his giant chessboard, from what I saw in Ukraine in 2014, when I saw this happen firsthand, how it happened and how they demonized the Russians, had nothing to do with Russia. All Russia really wanted was Crimea because they have a, a base in Sevastopol. They got it. Um, now you can see themselves distancing themselves from the eastern parts that are, well, I'll even put it to you this way. Russia doesn't want anything really to do with the eastern part of Ukraine. They even went so far as there was under the Soviet times a railroad track that dipped down from Russia and went to those eastern parts into the Ukraine and then came out. They've actually built new railroad lines on their side of the border to show people we're not even screwing around in there anymore. So. They don't want anything really to do with it. Now, ironically, in those eastern parts of the country, they are using the ruble. And you can, if you are from Donetsk, you can actually get a Russian pension if you are of pensioner age. So I know people here in Kiev who got displaced. So once a month, if they go back to Donetsk, they collect their Russian pension, and then they come back to Ukraine and they collect their Ukrainian pension. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey. These people over here are just trying to survive. Exactly. Um, I will give some credit to the people over here. They're, they're like Americans. Uh, they love their family. I mean, I've been to Egypt. I've been all over the world. I've been to the Arab world. And one thing I realized is that people, if they're not ideologues, religiously or um, politically, they're like just so normal. They just want to have a family. They want to be happy. It doesn't matter where you're from. I mean... I'm talking to Iranian doctors, to Syrian people when I'm in the Netherlands and stuff. And I just realized, I'm like, geez, people just want to have a normal life. I mean, That's I'm, it. I'm talking to Muslims and they're, they're not the, like the devout ones, but they're like, I've talked to a few doctors and they're like, dude, we just, we just want to be left alone. <laughs> you know? Like most people, they just want to be left alone. They just want to mind their own business, raise their kids, put them through college, hopefully get them a, a better life than what they had. Yeah, that's all that people want to do. And every so, you know, save, go on a vacation here and there. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And I mean, whenever I go places, I'm always careful because they always ask, where are you from? And it's not that I'm hesitant or uh, not proud of it. I usually say I'm Canadian or Australian. Yeah, that's I my, I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I, I gauge the response because, uh, you know, some people, and then when they find out I'm American, and I look, they always say, you know, we don't necessarily hate Americans. We hate your government. Oh, yeah. And I always, and I always tell them, I say, look, I may have a social security number, so I may be a quote-unquote agent of the government. We can go down that rabbit hole later. But I said, I am not my government. You don't need to hate me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But so the reason why I get back to with Brzezinski is – I believe in 2014 when they, they, the political power of they overthrew this government, mm -hmm. I firmly believe it was checkmate yeah. and that the, the, the king was falling over and here's the reason why. And this is the part that's going to raise some eyebrows for some people. 
Brzezinski talks about all these countries, and I don't remember uh, who talked about we're going to overthrow like eight Arab countries in eight years. What was that, V? Uh, General Wesley Clark said that. Five five countries in seven years. Okay. You know, they did a pretty damn good job about it. You know, it's the one thing that I realized the deep state never messed with. What? They never messed with white countries. They love to kill brown people, and they love to kill Arabs, Muslims. They don't screw with Christian white people. Mm-hmm. I knew that Ukraine was checkmate because this country is a white Christian nation. Mm. And I realized that that was the last piece because what is it's right on the doorstep of Russia. And to me, I, I said, you know what? If if they have so if they have so much hubris and they believe they are so unstoppable. That is how I would do it. I would put the most difficult one last because literally this country split right down the middle. Half of it could go with Russia. The other half could go with the West and it would be put it perfectly fine. Because right. remember what I said, you can't get people in religion. You can't get people on ethnicity. You got to get them on language and money. And that's how they did it. <clears throat> hmm. um, with that being said, it's, it's now a few years past and – the country's at a rock bottom. I know that the, the government was talking about last year how they had 80% growth in their GDP. Well, that's because the GDP before the revolution, I believe, was north of $200, million, $200 billion a year. Now I believe it's sub $100 billion. So it's pretty easy to grow 80% if you were reduced by two-thirds. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. It- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, the um, most of their trade, 50% of the GDP of Ukraine went to Russia, and they lost it. I firmly believe that if the powers that be aren't able to stop what they're trying to stop with the Western countries, if the, if the euro can somehow lash it together and stay, if they can somehow get up Trump out of office, if they can somehow save it, because... I like how everybody always talks about the good guys have won. The good guys have won. No, it's still a fight. It's between factions. And we'll only realize who won about five years after the defining moment because that's just the way history does it because the only people who write history are the winners. Yep. So so i firmly believe that if if the good guys win this country will turn back to mother russia because russia economically is just doing fine and dandy right now <laughs> fine and dandy mm-hmm. <clears throat> so so um let me ask you this the build up to the maidan what what did you see when that started like where were you and how did it happen? What was happening the, the days leading up to the Maidan? And then when the Maidan happened, I know that you were boots on the ground. You were literally walking around. You had your little uh, you know, little camera with you. I don't know if you had a GoPro or whatnot. And you were you were right there, man. Right there were all this crap. You saw people dying in front of you. You saw uh, you know, some of the, the 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 atrocities in terms of the burning buildings, the rioting. What yep. happened, man? It was complete chaos. <clears throat> and, you know, ironically, though, it's 
It was complete chaos in the center in the center of Kyiv. Um, they first started with college students because um, they funneled billions of dollars through the United States Embassy to help overthrow this thing. And they were finally able to accomplish it. I mean, Yanukovych was elected like two times before it, but they were able to nullify his election through voter fraud. So, I mean, finally they got him in and Yanukovych, he actually, he was friends with Russia, but he actually done deals to screw Russia. So, I mean, he was more of a business guy, you know, mostly it's what came best for Victor was best for Victor. And if it happened to help Ukraine, but I mean, so if everybody thinks that, oh, he was anti-Ukraine, nah, he was, he was actually doing some good things. Like I said, the grievance at that time was eight now, and now it's 29. So they, they funneled in these people from the West. I remember seeing neo-Nazis. We're talking, they hired, the government of Ukraine hired a party called the Rights Sector. That's the Svoboda, right? Svoboda. Yeah. They were neo-Nazis. They, they, on, their, on their emblems, they had the cloak and dagger. Um, I remember going to a, a football game, a soccer match, and these guys were walking up and down the aisles, taking donations. And I asked my friend, I said, who are those? He said, those are the skinheads, the neo-Nazis. I said, what are they saying? They're making a chant. And because my friend said, you have to immediately stand up and start jumping up and down. And I said, why? And he said, because they're chanting, whoever is a Moscovite, which is a Russian, must die. They were chanting this in the stadium with probably like 15,000 people. <laughs> so whoever isn't standing is a Moscovite and must die is what they're chanting. I'm like, wow. oh, boy, this is, this is, you know, but I mean, they're all young, sub probably 40 idiots anyway. Right, um, right. So they're, they're able to overthrow this and. It was it was chaos in the center. They basically built a little brick um, fortress, and then they brought in people from all, all, all parts of the country, mostly the western part of the country. And the thing that really, really made shit hit the fan was there was a football game down in Mariupol, and these ultranationalists went down there and killed a bunch of people. And... They were Russians. And when that happened, that's when the eastern part said, we've had enough. Because what they were saying was, their main thing was, they wanted to get rid of Russians. And they said, if you were speaking Russian in the country of Ukraine, you need to be either re-educated or you need to die. you got to remember, the east part of Ukraine was actually settled by Russia because under Nicholas, the czar, the city of Donetsk was actually founded by a British citizen because the Tsar of Russia hired this British citizen to go there to teach and open up a coal mining company. If you go to Donetsk, I've been there, they have British stuff everywhere. I mean, they have a hotel called the Beatles. I've stayed at it. I mean, there's, there's monuments everywhere or used to be written in plain English. So... The Eastern and basically what they did was they brought in Russian workers to work in these eastern part of the country because the eastern part of the country is where all the coal mines are, the Shakhtar, they call them. So the Westerners wanted to buy this down language. And when that thing happened in Mariupol, 
they said, this is enough. And then that's when the Eastern people bolstered their defenses and tried to, they started advancing West. And then the whole thing with Crimea happened. Uh, I mean, it, it's a political hit job on the West, but Crimea voted to leave. The fact that Crimea is 98% Russian just obviously shows you the Crimeans wanted to go back with Mother Russia because they didn't want to have to learn Ukrainian. Could you imagine if your mother, who's 90 years old, all of a sudden no longer can speak Russian anywhere? Yeah, it's crazy, man. You know, and I mean, in America, we get it. You know, they speak a lot of languages in America. But you know what? Nobody's driving around trying to kill Mexicans down in Texas or California. Yeah. Mexican. Right. Spanish. Right. You know, so it's it's just it's such a hypocritical situation. So basically they were able to run Yanukovych out of town after, like I said, he didn't respond well to this uprising. If he would have been wise, he would have just picked them all up and thrown them in jail. But because it was sponsored by the West, the West media. It was, it was funny because I, I remember watching the media in the West and it was actually 180 degrees opposite of what was actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I've heard reports, I can't confirm this, but they had like soup kitchens because eventually a lot of homeless people came to live down there. There are thousands of people down there and they were saying that they were putting like cocaine and amphetamines into the soup that they were serving. Um, or depressants, I'm sorry, to to make the people docile so they wouldn't try and rise up again. <laughs> <laughs> they should try some extra fluoride in that water <laughs> as well. <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me. But um, I want to, if we could, I want to pull up something. CJ, could you, because I sent a link of a, of, a paper, of a newspaper article, but also of a YouTube video. And I want people to go look at this YouTube. Or no, let's cover the link first. So... So right now, out of the Kiev Post, this is a, a Western-sponsored paper. It's written here in Ukraine. It's in English. I went and picked one up this morning, and it says, Ukraine's friend or foe. They have one every week. And if you can scroll down a little more, CJ, for the people who don't know the gentleman on the right is, everybody knows who the, um, the, the, the turncoat on the left is. The guy on the right is Roger Waters mm. from... <laughs> from Pink Floyd, and they're basically saying, um, if you can go up a little bit, I don't know. They In here, it doesn't say the caption, but I'll read you the caption. So on the left, it says, John McCain, Ukraine loses a good friend and the Kremlin, one of its fiercest foes. Now, remember, everybody, the reason why hate, John McCain hated Russia so much is because he got shot down by a MiG in Vietnam. Come on, people. <laughs> Come on. You think the Vietnamese can fly airplanes? No, they hired the Russians. They hired the Soviets. So then on the right, Roger Waters is the quote-unquote foe, and the caption that I'll read to you says, Pink Floyd star looks to become victim of Moscow's thought control. Okay, for a guy who wrote The Wall, I don't think you can control his thoughts. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he knows how the bricks get built in the wall. 
So, I mean, if people, so, so here's how I gauge things. I go and I, I look at sites like this and I see what they're putting and then I can figure out, if, you know, it's like if you hold your ring finger, your index finger and your middle finger up and you look right down the middle, you see which one's really standing. You kind of look down the middle. Um, you, you know, you go to Al Jazeera or you go to different places. And so this is a great, uh, you know, news rag, I like to call it for, finding out what the deep state's really trying to plan. But if you can go to that YouTube link, um, and we can maybe play it for a few moments. Oh, yeah, this is this is classic. I yeah. want people to hear this and go research it on their own. And, and there's a couple other links that maybe you can put in the show notes because this was an intercepted phone call during the overthrow of the government. Uh, maybe it was about a month before. This is how, and the Russians intercepted it, and they put it on YouTube. I want people to understand this is how they talk about regime change. Go ahead. Hey, we're not getting any audio. It's a complicated electron. Got it. Come back. That's Jeffrey Pyatt. He is the. What do you think? Oh. Uh, I think we're in play. Um, the the uh, Klitschko piece is obviously the complicated electron here, um, especially the announcement of him as deputy prime minister. And, and you've seen some of my notes on the troubles in the marriage right now. So we're trying to get a read really fast on where he is on this stuff. But I think your argument to him, which you'll need to make, I think that's the next phone call we want to set up, is exactly the one you made to, to Yachts. And I, I'm glad you sort of put him on the spot on where he fits in this scenario. And I'm very glad he said what he said in response. Good. So uh, I don't think Cleach should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess right there. You think what, in terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Book and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is talking about. He was the head of the right Democrats. sector. Um, I, kinda... I, I, I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week, you know. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level Working for Yatsenyuk, it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. Okay, good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call with him? Is the next step? My understanding from that call, but you tell me, was that the big three were going into their own meeting, and that Yats was going to offer in that context a three-way, you know, three plus one conversation or three plus two with you. Is that not how you understood it? No, I think, I mean, that's what he proposed, but I think just knowing the dynamic that's been with them where um, Klitschko has been the top dog, he's going to take a while to show up for whatever meeting they've got, and he's probably talking to his guys at this point. So I think you reaching out directly to him helps with the personality management among the three, and it, and it gives you also a chance to move fast on all this stuff and put us behind it, behind it before they all sit down and he, um, he explains why he doesn't like it. Okay, good. I'm happy. Why don't you reach out to him and see if he wants to talk before or after? Okay, will do. Thanks. Okay, I've now written, oh, one more wrinkle for you, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, 
can't remember if I told you this or if I only told Washington this, that when I talked to Jeff Feltman this morning, he had a new name for the UN guy, Robert Seri. Did I write yeah. you that this morning? Yeah, okay. I saw that. He, he's now gotten both Seri and Ban Ki-moon to agree that Seri could come in Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it. And, you know, fuck the EU. No, exactly. And I think we've got to do something to make it together. Wow. You can be pretty sure. We, that, we can uh, stop it there. This, you, you can, you you can, the Russian um, yeah, you can stop it right there. Have you? Um, this, this see you next Tuesday is cut from the same cloth as Hillary Clinton. She is a Clinton acolyte, my man. And you could see the same yep. disdain, the same uh, uh, apathetic attitude towards human life, dignity, the amount of uh, chaos, the amount of, uh, of 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 just misery that was cast on an entire na- country's population. I hope one day that this piece of crap, Victoria Newland, stands trial. Hopefully, God willing, at a military tribunal, tribunal along next to Hillary Clinton and George Soros, who helped bankroll a lot of this. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is um, I actually uh, and I know if, if you've talked to X, I actually personally know X as well. But I may have a personal gripe against the U.S. corporation, like for what happened to me and how I was denied help. Yeah. Now, I never got anything happen to me. I just was economically hurt because I was stuck. I was stuck in that eastern city for like four months. So now I, I'm going to put this on the record. I, I'm not um, I'm not speaking out against the government. I'm not speaking out against any government. I'm never going to pursue a claim against any government in the United States because that's just foolish. But if anybody in the current administration is listening to this and they do want to talk to me, uh, go ahead and contact V because I'd be more than happy to talk to you if you're not a deep state party and you don't want to kill me. <laughs> but I mean, you just saw their people. This is what you got to realize. They nation build. I know it's easy to listen to nation build, but that is how they nation build. She was saying how Yats is our guy. Well, that Yats Anouk, that beady-eyed little scoundrel. The reason why he was a, a, a dual is, citizen, no less, a dual citizen of uh, from yep. From what I what I hear right now, he is in California because okay. his sister, yeah, his sister owns some company or is in California. He, he became the prime minister of the country, and it's interesting. The reason why they, she was saying Klitschko couldn't be the guy, or the reason why they wanted Yats Nuke the guy is because he's a banker, okay? Right. He knows how to grease the skids on that. Now, yeah. the ironic part is, for people who don't know Klitschko, you got to go look up the Klitschko brothers. There's oh, Vitaly yeah. and Vladimir. Mm-hmm. They're world-renowned boxers. I mean, they could kick six different kinds of dog crap out of Yatsenuk. Um, Klitschko, he ain't going to listen to anybody but himself. And now he is the mayor of Kiev. And ironically, he's doing a good job. I, I will give him credit. It, they're... See, this country right now is at the bottom. It, it can only go up. It can't get any worse. And they've made it through this. And I actually see that the opportunities for this country to get better is good. Now, I wish that one thing the United States could do is when every person graduates school at the age of 18, I wish we could send them 
for two months overseas to learn a different culture because they will come back and realize, holy shit, our country's fantastic. I would totally agree, man. Um, I want a whole plethora of Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, uh, Princeton grads, uh, as well as uh, insert uh, local university and college here to take a trip to Venezuela and uh, and and such a, a, a illustrious places such as, such as that. You know, <laughs> Ukraine would also be yeah. a great option, and so would uh, modern day Paris would be wonderful as well this time of year. <laughs> yeah, if I could pick, I would say go to a former satellite state of the Soviet Republic. Oh yeah, and. And you will see how the socialist mindset ruins generations of people. Because, I mean, it's it, it's tough for people to wrap around their mind. But you got to realize when the state owns everything, you don't have personal responsibility. Like, I don't have to mow my front lawn because the government owns it. You stop caring about if that lawn gets turned into six feet tall of weeds. Right. Because... Oh, the government will take care of it. I mean, this infrastructure here is crumbling. Now, ironically, in Kiev today, they are rebuilding because because of the overthrow. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry from the West is now here investing into this country. <laughs> it is it is ridiculous. The last time I came over on the airplane, half of the airplane was Westerners. The first time I came over, I was literally the only English speaker on the airplane. Wow. So, I mean, this place is open for business. Now, the one thing that whether we get the reset in America, I don't want to go into it too much. Whatever happens in the United States, the thing that scares me in the U.S. is because the people of the U.S. who ne never had to deal with anything yeah. tough, it, shit's going to hit the fan, and I think people are going to turn on each other. I mean, <clears throat> so in the city that I was in, in the eastern part of Ukraine, when all this happened, they shut off the banking system. I remember there's days when we didn't have water. Um, I had, I could only get like <clears throat> the equivalent of $5 out of the ATM. There were lines at the ATM. There were lines at the grocery store because supply chains were cut off. But here's the thing. The people never turned on each other because right. in this country and former Soviet states, they still remember how shitty it was when the former Soviet Union fell in 91. And they realized governments come and go. We only have our neighbors, so we're not going to go ruin, destroy our neighbors because they're really the only thing that could probably get us through this. Correct. In America, the people are like, oh, you know, let's say that the government or an economic system does take a hiccup. They'll be like, oh, we'll just take our neighbor's stuff. It's a completely different mindset, and it drives it, me nuts. But that's why it's completely balkanized, man. The left has done a wonderful job, I and mean, we were a melting pot. You you had people that assimilated, um, and and understood that hey, we're united because of our philosophy. We we're united because of what makes us American. Now it's they're completely balkanized. I think there's going to be some serious problems. You, I mean, look at our fragile supply chain. One little disruption. I mean, we have like people rioting because you know they couldn't get their the latest Nike Air Jordans in time. So I, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine what, what what would happen if oh crap, you know what? Uh the, the trucks that are filling your local Walmart, yeah, they're not moving today. They're not moving today because the dollar just uh you know just dropped forty percent in value and uh it's not uh they can't afford to gas the damn trucks. People <laughs> have no clue. I mean the average American, you know, 10, 15 years ago was one paycheck away from being homeless. Now he's not even that. He's probably like a half a paycheck away from being he's living check to check if he's not already living on some sort of government subsistence 
And on top of that, there's no savings. There's there's no hey maybe I, do I have anything of wealth of of, of barter like you dude I mean I have certain you know things that I have for uh for bartering I have cryptocurrencies I have you know precious metals how do I even have watches if I need to liquidate it get the hell out you know sometimes a Rolex will save your ass you know yeah. so these are the things that the average American doesn't even think about these things they have. I mean, I mean, dude. I mean, being from New York, and I think, and I think you, you were also from the Northeast at one point, right? I'm from the Midwest. Midwest, yeah. right. but so I, I now live Northeast. in the East. I, I, I live with a lot of New Yorkers. I'll put yeah, it to you. Yeah, so you, know, you know about the winters, man. You know about as soon as it snows, what do yeah. I got to go get the bread and milk? <laughs> bread and milk. You go to the supermarket. You go there. There's no bread. There's no milk. It's, it's crazy. People are not prepared for anything because there's such a damn normalcy bias here it's un unfathomable to me man yeah and you know my prayer to the god of the universe always is is that the minorities that aren't awake and i and i talk talk about the minorities because those are the people that i believe have actually been lied to and hurt the most it's not the middle class and i and i'm not talking about race i'm talking about the minority people who are downtrodden and whoever wants to buy their vote, I'm not getting political, I hope they can wake up because they will be hurt the worst out of this. But at the same time, they will do most of the hurt because like in Venezuela, it's not the, necessarily the rich people eating the zoo animals or trying to steal the neighbor's chicken. It's the poor people. Right. And, you know, it, you know, but that's a, that's a different, different, you know, hopefully Hopefully that we'll have some things, you know, make it more stable, whatnot. But the ironic thing is I had, if, if, if the Wicked Witch of the West would have been elected in 2016, oh, I literally, I had my plan to leave. And here's the reason why. I remember reading in 2014 an article, and if it wasn't written by Putin, it was written by one of his top advisors, and it said in there, Hillary Clinton is going to run for president. If she's elected, she's already said she is going to start a war with Russia. And Putin said in there, we will defend ourselves. Now, now we've heard of all kinds of stuff over here. I mean, during this whole Maidan, the revolution, mm -hmm. there were American ships in the Black Sea that their frequencies got jammed. I believe it was the Donald Cook. Uh, yeah, the USS Donald Duck that became a floating barge. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the Russian jets were literally flying inverted, showing everybody the bird as they yeah. went over it. Now, I, I was told that could have been a little blown out of proportion because I was told by the former guy who drove an army or a Navy destroyer, I said, what constitutes you retaliating? And he said, if the bomb bay doors open on a jet, we shoot. Now – he said, we will let them fly literally 10 feet. They can buzz our, sh our ship. If the Bombay doors are not open, we don't care. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, these Russian fighters didn't have their Bombay's doors open, but if they did jam the frequency and it, they were invisible, you know, that. but it plays into Brzezinski. Bring down American military, raise up the Russians, raise up the Chinese, let them have a three-way dogfight. Whoever wins is going to be the next world superpower, and whoever the other two that don't win, you know, you're going to be their bitch. So it could have been a, I mean, we could have won. I don't know, mm -hmm. but 
so Clinton got elected, I was out the door because I already knew that World War Three was going to happen. Oh man, me too, man. I was exit stage south, brother. I would, I, I would have been sitting on a beach in Panama somewhere, or somewhere in the in South America, or in Singapore, uh, sitting on a beach, uh, pulling you know lint out of my belly button while sipping a mai tai. There's no way. You know, it, it, it's 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 ridiculous because at that point I knew if 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 because here's what I was waiting for, right? I was not so much as Hillary, but the American public. If the American public was overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton, like, like, like some you know sick, twisted, bizarro tales, you know the Twilight Zone type episode where the entire population was brainwashed and the majority of the population voted for for Hillary. Uh, and 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 then she won a landslide in the electoral college, dude. Then I knew they. I knew right then and there that it, it was kind of like Marcus Aurelius uh, in the in the movie Gladiator. Yeah. Rome was but a dream that you could only be whispered. Anything more than a whisper, and it would just simply vanish. I knew at that point America would be dead. That 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 was it. We lost yeah. the culture. The culture's gone. The spirit has been crushed. But that's not what happened. You know. No. Thank God. Somehow the masses woke up. Somehow the sleeping giant woke up and be like, what is going on? It's like, you know, it's like the, the kindergartners have been running the classroom. They've been, you know, e you know, eating pixie dust. They've been um, drinking uh, Coca-Cola. They're all jacked on sugar. They've been wrecking the classroom. And finally, you know, the adults come in. You know, it's so funny, dude. The 2016 election, the, the, I said this. I said the 2016 election is, is, is basically the, the dads. The dads of coming back. Yeah. Men came back and like, all right, you know what? It's enough. Enough of the BS. Enough of all you, all, all the pranks, so all, all the shenanigans. Uh, we're we're, we're going to calm this down. And that's exactly what happened, bro. And uh, whew, I, I, when he won, when Trump won that in the election, I that night I breathed. I cried and I breathed a sigh of relief. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. Now the spirit is back. Now the spirit of America is back, and now it's something worth fighting for again because the spirit is there. Yeah, and I mean, if if it's no more than, as long as the two sides, we don't need to fight each other. We just yeah. need to realize who the true enemy is, and it's, right. it's not even so much an enemy. Because look, governments governments are corporations, and yeah. their sole purpose is to do business for the corporation on an international stage. You don't think the the Chinese or the Venezuelans or the Ukrainians do deals and try and figure out, is this going to be more beneficial for our country? It's called international trade. No, the world is a business. Correct. And the people got to realize there's a way to conduct world affairs and world business honorably and dishonorably. Right. And I believe since they killed, ever since they killed Kennedy and then when we went up the gold standard and really Reagan was probably the last one, it's been 100% dishonest. Yes. If we could just get back to the adults in control of this asylum, do it more honorably. It, I mean, because I mean, we're not going to get into money, but I understand money. Money is nothing more than a bribery tool. Because I mean, V, you're in New York right now. If I said, "Why don't you come over here to Kiev to mow my lawn for ten dollars?" You'd probably say no. But if I said, V, I'll give you five million dollars to get on the next plane to come over here and mow my lawn, you would be on the I'll next plane here. I'll have a golden uh, a lawnmower. <laughs> I'll have a diamond encrusted blinged out a weed whacker. I'll I'll have, I'll give you the best. I'll, I'll draw patterns on your grass, man. I'll make it look. I'll, I'll make it look like Disney on your front lawn if you want. <laughs> I want a crop circle, but I mean, I'll do crop circles, bro. I'll write like Sumerian text on your lawn. <laughs> but 
that just shows to you that the currency is nothing more than a bribery to get production out of people. I mean, people, you don't need money to be productive. And I think that's that's what I pray will save this economic reset is the upwardly mobile people who will get up and who will still go to work even when things aren't good. Because that's what I witnessed here in Ukraine. When they cut off our, the financial supplies and all this stuff, the people still went and did their job and they didn't get paid. You know why? Because they realized that they had to keep society together. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's where I, I hope that things are going. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. But like I said, back to over here, um, the country, it, it's looking up. Um, now, here's the thing. The reason why that they wanted Hillary to get elected is because Ukrainians aren't stupid. They didn't want the gravy chain of the money flowing from the West to stop. The reason why they're pissed with Trump is because he's stopping the gravy train. Okay? Yeah. Now, now this place is a, is a hotbed, just like Argentina with the cabal, the globalists, you know, whichever faction you want to talk about. We'll see. There's going to be election coming up in December or January to see if this place can hold it together. I have a feeling things are going to get a little bit worse. And once those elections come in, you're going to have pro-Russian people. Some of them get elected and they're going to say, let's just do business. And we're going to do business with whoever we want. Russian, Chinese, Argentinian, American. We're no longer going to be the puppet of the deep state. Now, if a deep state individual gets put back in here and same thing with the rest of the, the RADA, well, they still have a working group to go around and um, cause mayhem. So it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're at the end of the broadcast, man. Dude, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, brother. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. And, um, you we know, gotta do this the, again. I love to have you on again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to. Maybe we can get into the financial stuff next time. Oh, absolutely. That'll be, absolutely. Man. That would be totally awesome. And it'll be epic and be a lot of fun. Definitely, without a doubt. Uh, last closing comments, you. man. You know, all, all I want to say is for the people listening to this is that um, when times get tough, as they always do, there are two types of people in this world. There's the type of the people that go walking in the corner and piss on their leg. And then there's the type of people who come and they fight. Uh, I am naturally one of the fighters, and I don't mean I'm going to go pick up a gun or a knife and I'm going to go kill somebody or something like that. When the times get tough, I recommend that everybody, first of all, just sit down and think. Use your mind because I always say filter it through a brain cell. Most people don't have the ability or they've been trained to not think in the Western society. However, it's, it's amazing. I, I literally V. There was a moment, and I remember where I was sitting in the city I was sitting, living in, and I looked out the window, and I had to make the decision. Am I going to try and get through these military checkpoints with a fake passport? Because if they would have captured me, if they would have realized that this was a fake passport, I firmly believe they would have killed me because wow. they were doing it to others. They would have right. thought I was a spy. And I had to make a decision. I either said I was going to sit there and wait for a possible solution or a demise, or I said, you know what, I'm going to take life into my own hands, and at least if I go down, I'll go out on my terms. Right. But I had to sit down and think. And when you stand upon the precipice 
of a great chasm, the world gets ironically clear. And I think we're going to come to that point in America for the West where everybody in the earshot of my voice, you're going to have that situation at least once in your life, if not coming up with the financial issue in the next years or whatever. Think and then do not wait for somebody to come and rescue you. You go rescue somebody else because in the process of you rescuing somebody else, you'll also rescue yourself. That, that would be my ending plea to people is take it into your own hands and do it peacefully. We, we need more peace in this world. We don't need more war. We don't need more killing. We need more peace. Right. Absolutely. Very well said, my man. Very well said. Folks, that's a great message. Um, M, thank you for being on. Uh, we want to. I I want you on again. I think we're going to definitely set it up to make that happen. A wellspring of uh, information. Thank you for being there on the ground, man. It's a it's a godsend uh, that you're able to share this with us. Uh, what was happening in the Ukraine, and give us a and you gave us, man, an on the ground look, firsthand experience of what a deep state coup looks like on a country, and how this country is going through this. It's uh, it struggles and how it's trying to emerge from the rubble. Uh, thank you so much for being on. And folks, again, subscribe to the channel. Uh, subscribe, like, comment, share, and uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Take it away, CJ. Uh, 